When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. your heart, but don't you lose your head. You come along, girl, what did I do? I lost my heart and my head went to Lord have mercy. Little girl, little girl, you so can cook. Little girl, little girl, you got me. You cook that chicken, save me the head. I should be working, but I'm home today. Thinking about you, dreaming about you. Love that girl, love them chicken heads too. Without your love. Mississippi River roll on and on If loving you was a doggone crime I'll be sitting in jail done flat 99 Thinking about you Dreaming about you Love that girl Love them chicken heads too Bobby, you make your way at two and three dollars a day to Chicago and you get kind of your first chart topping song, Chicken Heads, right? Is, or, or were there songs that led up to this? That wasn't the first record, that was the first charting record. Yeah, charting record. According to Wikipedia, there's 22 studio released albums, but total albums that you've cut is larger than that, right? How many total albums have you released? You know, have you lost count? I'd, I'd have to, have to count them, but I know the record. I got 397 records. 397 records, recordings out there. Yeah, no, it's... A lot of them was 45 and 78 and 33 and the third back in the day, you know. I had a hard time counting them up on the BMI ASCAP sites because some are under Emmett Ellis and some are under Bobby Rush. But it was 397 to be exact. Let's talk about chicken heads. <laughs> you know why I laugh? I laugh because Calvin Carter was a guy who had VJ records. 
Kevin Carter and Vivian Carter, two brothers and sisters at VJ Records. It wasn't VJ when they first started. It was CJ. It was Calvin and Vivian. In 1954, she got married to a guy. Vivian got married to her, which is Calvin's sister, got married to Jimmy, who's at Jimmy Record Shop in Gary and Anna. When they got married, then it was VJ Record, Vivian and Jimmy. I came to Calvin Carter during that time, and Hugh had Jimmy Reed was hot. The Beatles had been over trying to get on the label. And I was just too small, I guess, for him to think about doing something for Bobby Rush. So in 1965, he said, Bobby Rush, I'm going to give you a shot. It took him a couple of years. In 1968, he said, Bobby Rush, get your son together. I'm going to record you. So I said, all right, all right, that's cool. So he had a business partner with him named Leo Ostell. He was a Jehovah's Witness preacher. He said, Bobby Rush, Calvin told me you're going to record a record with us. I said, yeah. He said, what record you have? I said, I got a record called Chickhead. He said, Chickhead? We can't cut no record named Chickhead. We can't straddle a fence like that, man. We're a clean record company. You know, Chickhead. I said, I mean Chickenhead. He said, oh, Chickenhead. He said, yeah, you from the South, right? I said, yes, sir. He said, y'all used to eat chicken heads down there, you black guys. I said, sure did. He said, Calvin, come here. We got a guy here got a record called Chicken Heads. Chicken Head, he laughed. He said, how did the song go, Bobby Rush? I took my little guitar. I said, Daddy told me on the dying bed, give up your heart, but don't lose your head. You came along, girl. What did I do? I lost my heart and my head, too, which had nothing to do with the chicken. <laughs> had nothing to do with the chicken. The Kevin said, man, that's great, man. Nothing to do with the chicken. He said, but we got to have a B-side. At that time, you cut A's and B's. He said, we got to have a B-side. I said, I got the song. He said, what's the name of it? I said, Mary Jane. He said, oh, yeah, man, that's a good one because I had a girl did me wrong. Her name was Mary Jane. And I wasn't talking about a girl at all. I was talking about Reapers. <laughs> I, was talking about <laughs> I was talking about getting high with Reapers. You know, smoking Reapers. That, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they didn't know what I, now chicken head, I got over their head. Now Mary Jane is over their head. Now they don't know what I'm talking about. So wow. I said to myself, man, I got me two cats here. They don't know what I'm doing. I can do what the hell I want to do, you know? So I went in there to cut it. Let me tell you a little something about when I recorded this record. I had Jones on drum. I had a uh, bass player playing with Cleve Eden was his name. Played with, play with the Fast Domino band for a while. And uh, he would count basses then. I needed somebody who played a little jazz so it wouldn't sound too bluesy. Because I wanted to sound do 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 and the blues guy wasn't playing like that then. So I got this guy from Count Basie's uh, orchestra, which was a jazz player named Cleve Eden. I said, Cleve, I got you, I want you to play a song for me. I took the guitar by his house and showed him do 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 We create the bass line, the guitar line. We go to the studio with three other musicians. I had about two hours to record this record. Calvin Carter had used my time up to 45 minutes. And I only got half a 45 minutes to cut this song. When we mess around rehearsing on the song, now I don't have a 30 minutes to cut the song. Later on, I had 20 minutes to cut the song. So Ralph Bath was working for Chess. He was the engineer for this recording company. I said, uh, let me try it one time. I kept showing the guitar player how to do the record. He kept missing it. I said, man, let me do it. He said, Bobby Ray, why don't you show him how to do it? Tyrone Davis was in the studio with me. He said, show him how to do it, man. And I said, okay, I'm going to show you guys how to do this one time. 
I tell my guitar, bass man, drunk. I said, come on, fella. Do, 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 do. I said, hold up a minute. Put a microphone in the front of me. Let me sing this song. He put the microphone, but let me sing it to you. I'm going to play it down one time. And I went to sing the song and I sung it all the way through. I said, that's where we got to cut the record. Ralph Bass said, hey, man, good cut. I didn't know he had the tape on. That's <laughs> record recorded one time and that was it. By you, with you on the guitar. Yeah, with me on the guitar. <laughs> nice. But I had a guitar player sitting at the plate. I was going to show him the structure of it. Ralph Bass was smart enough to have the tape on, and he's a good cut man. I'm singing on the microphone in the front of the album. And never recorded, <laughs> never overdub or anything on the record. I didn't know it was in recording. Was that your first recording session? No, no, that wasn't my no, first no. recording. That you was had, my you first, had many recordings. That, that was my first one recorded what I call the big label. I was on VJ Records, man. And I want to make sure this was right because I want to get the guys right. You know? Yeah. I love that. I love So what is a chicken head? <laughs> <laughs> you would ask me that, man. Well, you would put me on the front line. Chicken head is, is, is a freaky lady, man. Come on. A freaky lady. Yeah, freaky lady. Freaky lady. Freaky yes. lady. Okay. Freaky, freaky lady is something like old freaky man like Bobby Ray. You know... Your shows, for the listeners who haven't seen your shows, are Rebald or Risqué or would you say they're PG-13 or R-rated? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah, but maybe it's just life. They're not Risqué. It's part of life because you and I, all men like the same kind of thing. If you see a hundred ladies and I said, hey, man, 85 of them ladies really look sexy. You can bet you whether you're black, white, green or whatever you. Most men gonna like the same kind of lady, a nice looking lady, built nice, big leg, pretty face. You know, I'm not saying every lady like that, but to each his own. But most of the time, men pretty much like the same thing, and ladies too. She may be with someone may not look as as good as the other guy, the handsome other guy, but at least he got potential or some money. You know, <laughs> they got something that ladies want. You know, and I write songs and I tell the truth about. Well, let me retract that. I tell the truth about most of the things that I write about. Because I wrote this song about I wouldn't sleep with a fat woman no more. I lied about that. <laughs> I lied about that. I lied. But I laugh about that. And that's life. You know, that's life. You know, your songs, you write a lot about sex. Yeah. I, well, that's what life, life is about. Because you and I, why we want to make money? Why we want to have a nice house? It's about sex, man. It's about who we bring in the house, man? Oh, hell, it wasn't for the ladies, man. I could live in my car. I wouldn't need no house. <laughs> well, I needed a bed. I could sleep on the couch and get up and go, hey, man, it's about impressing the ladies, man. It's about the downtime, not the uptown. I find it's really interesting that, that you know, you grew up as a pastor's son and then you, you make your way to Chicago and you start writing all these songs about human relationships, especially with a, a focus on sex. And, you know, I just watched the Ma Rainey Netflix documentary, and this goes back to the 1920s in this Chitlin circuit that, that maybe there's nothing new about this. People, no, people were talking. No, I, I've been talking. You know, I, when you see the girls on the side of me now, they come all the way back from Africa, man. That's what we've done. That's what we did. That's to come on. You shake your butt and. And get on the stage, and, and when you, you had your dress all the way up and whatever, you know, I remember 19, I believe it was 1954, 
Muddy Waters was having his 29th year birthday party. And he wanted me to come to his birthday party. But Muddy Waters now 29 years old. You know, wasn't 30 years old. And I went to the birthday party and I forgot his birthday party. So I had gotten married when I was like 17 and a half years old, earlier to my first wife. And she said, I thought she was going to Muddy Waters' birthday party. I said, oh, God, it's 1030. I run down to Civio, it was a lake in Homer in Chicago. And Muddy Waters was hanging out to one of the upstairs over the club. He said, Bobby Rush, called me blood. He said, blood, you late. I told everybody you're going to be here, now you late. But I got a lot of ladies upstairs. Come around to the back and knock on the door. I'll let you upstairs where, where the ladies is. I went upstairs. Muddy Water had about 12 or 15 ladies upstairs. No men, all ladies. You know, Muddy Water. And they all had the short dresses on. Man, I could see everything but Chicago up under the dresser. <laughs> and, and man, I, he, he introduced me and his little brother. They was kissing all over me. Man, I love that. I love the brother thing. And then I asked one lady, how old are you? She said, I'm 26. The other lady said, I'm 34. And one lady, I said, how old are you? She said, I'm 39. Man, I sneaked out the back door and left them because 39 years old, all them old ladies. <laughs> oh, man. I think about that now. I left Muddy Water. Man, I should have been with, with a stick, leaving Muddy Water with the ladies because they're too old. They're 30-something years old. <laughs> At my age now, I wish you could have a party like that now with your 30 years old. You know, <laughs> man. I'm showing. I'm just showing you how how dumb I was. That thought the lady's too old, you know, and they had to dress all up, you know. Well, so you wrote you wrote these sort of risque songs that were rooted in this tradition of say double entendres around sexual innuendo in many cases, like Chicken Heads, right? And you start performing in the Playboy Club, like the original one in Chicago. Hugh Hefner's in Chicago. I was the second black artist that went that way. You know, Dick Gregory was the first one. Yeah, Dick Gregory was the first one, and I was the second one. Then Red Fox. Red Fox was working for me as a as a MC for about three years. So tell me about that, and tell me about some of the songs you played there. First of all, let me tell you how how I got to these songs. You know who gave me the idea of writing like that, right? My daddy, he never told me to sing the blues, but he never told me not to sing the blues. My first cousin gave me a guitar when I was about eight years old. I hid it from my dad. I thought, you know, your dad know everything. I hid it in the loft. So my daddy told me one day, he's a junior. I'm named after my father. I said, yes, sir. He said, bring me that guitar here, boy. I brought the guitar to him. He said, let me play it. He tuned it up. I didn't know my daddy could play it all. I just know he blow a little harp. He tuned my guitar up. I couldn't even tune it. He said, let me play a little song I used to play for a little girl when I was a little older than you. Well, I want to hear it because I thought it was going to be like, glory, glory, hallelujah, when I laid my burden down, either about my mom. So I got close to him. I said, he said, I'm finna sing this song to you, boy. He started to sing. He said, me and my gal went to Chanky Pin hunting. She fell down and I saw something. I said, damn, a preacher. I said, sing it again. Now, I really want my daddy to sing the second verse. I know the first verse, the woman fell down, he saw something. So I figured the next verse, he would explain what he saw. So I, I want him to get to the second verse. He said, me and my gal went to tanky pen, hunting. She fell down and I saw something. My mother was in the kitchen cooking. She said, me don't sing that kind of song to that boy. He went to sing it again. I said, dad, how big was she? You saw a big old woman, 350 pound boy. I said, What's your head on? He said, nothing but a dress. 
Then in my little mind, fat lady falling down, nothing on but a dress. Other words, no pen, nothing on, nothing on under that. And I said, wow, I wish I was there. <laughs> yeah, 350 pounds, that's a lot to see, man. I said, sing it again, Dad. He went to sing it again. My mother was walking out. He said, me and my dad went to the changing bin, hunting. She fell down. He looked back and said, and I kept running. <laughs> and I started writing no kind of song like double attorney. I mean, you know what I mean? Got two minutes to him. So I don't know what it would have been. So I write like that all the time, you know? But you said, how old were you when you wrote your first song? Oh, God, I must have been writing for eight or nine years old. Eight or nine years old, you wrote your first song? Yeah. My first song was Give Me Some of Yours, I Give You Some of Mine. <laughs> and it was about... That's a good trade-off. <laughs> it was about the human relationship yeah, yeah. And, and sex <laughs> at eight or nine years old. <laughs> give me some of yours, I give you some of mine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.